This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. everybody. Welcome to East Coast Office Hours, the podcast from Fanbyte. That's me, Merritt, and Danielle. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> I am really tired. It's, it's been a wild day. It's one of those like multiple podcasts and like meetings back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Delios, uh, I think you had the same situation today. Too. You got to do business, you know? Yeah. Someone's got to take care of it. Famously, like the song says. Yeah, that's a every day. That's a song I haven't heard in a really long time. I'm not gonna no, lie. No, haven't heard the BTO in a while. No, no. <laughs> no. I'm missing out. Clearly. Uh, yeah, you need the Bachman Turner Overdrive in your life. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? I'm lost already. Yeah. We're only like 30 seconds Dude, in. Is, you know, it's fine. Uh. Well, Mario. I know it. I know the band, and I know that Mario is part of the band. Mario right? is one of Mario's jobs was that he briefly was uh, Bachman for for six <laughs> months in the eighties, um, and he's done so many things for us and our society and our world. He went uh, back in no, he didn't go back in time. Luigi did no, Mario did yeah. go back in time. Yeah, they both did. Right? Uh, Luigi traveled around the world. I don't know if Luigi went back in time. Oh, shit. Right. I mean... I played a lot of that game. I'm not going to lie. I actually played... sorry. You played Mario is Missing? I played so much Mario is Missing. It's not even funny. I played that game, like, multiple, multiple times. On PC or, like... Mario is missing was on the was on the SNES. It was also on the SNES. Yes, I played a lot of it on PC, and it was the weirdest Mario game that I've ever played. It's bizarre. It's an edutainment game starring Mm -hmm. Luigi. Is it the first one where you're Luigi saving Uh, Mario? (gasps) Yes, yes, yes. It's. I believe that was the first uh, the first Luigi game, which is really sad. And that's why oh he didn't God. get another one until like 30 <laughs> years later. For like later. 10 years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I swear we've talked about this on this podcast before, but maybe Have not. Um, yeah, Bowser kidnaps Mario and Luigi has to save him by going to different parts of the world and mm-hmm. putting landmarks back where they're supposed to be because the Koopa Troopas have stolen them. Yep. And one of them and you had famously... To know- is Godzilla, or not Godzilla, King Kong. Oh my God. King Kong is missing. New York needs King Kong back. (laughs) It's a cultural artifact. Not where King Kong is from. Why did they want him back? How? He's in a little item bag. Yeah. Silly. And like a Koopa was carrying it around. And now Mm -hmm. I don't know if the the DOS version, also do you say DOS or DOS? I believe it's DOS. 
but well, I like your spirit. <laughs> you watch MS Dos. MS Dos. MS Dos. That's the true name. In Spain, uh, it is in fact called MS Dos. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, right? Uh, it's like the second oh, one. Miss Dos. I see. <laughs> like, there's like MS you're, One. You're addressing someone <laughs> named Miss Dos. She's the second uh, lady, you know? She's the second one. Um, it looks different to me than the game that I played on the Super Nintendo where there were not uh, people other than Luigi who, you know, again, we can talk about whether he's human or not, but it was just Koopas. And they were running around and you had to jump on the Koopa. Yeah. And then you could get the artifact, but also there was like a quiz component. Like you had to memorize yes. things about like, oh, the the ballet in uh, Moscow right. or, oh, you know, this tower in, in Tokyo or, oh, the Temple of Heaven in Shanghai or something like that. And that's how I learned that those things existed when I was, I want to say nine when this came out, perhaps, something like that. Something you might not know about me, when I was a young, a young one, I was a geography buff. I went to the state geography bee. I knew a lot about countries and geography and things like that. And playing really? this game was part of what made me so excited to hear about different parts of the world. So basically, wow. I'm the one human where this game did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's true. That's, uh that's that's wild. I definitely played this when I was a kid because we had a computer. It wasn't like a good computer, but like it was like, if you weren't like a computer gamer in the 90s, you kind of just like got games that you could play on the internet or that like mm -hmm. your more technologically savvy relatives were like, oh, I have this on a disc. I, I, I copied Mario is missing onto some floppy disks <laughs> for you. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I definitely played it and was like, I don't get this. This is very weird. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, this is, I think, where Ouija comes from. He looks very upsetting in the, the MS-DOS version of the game. Oh, my God, um, he does. He's, I believe that is the the origin of Ouija. Uh, oh. But I think the SNES and NES ones, like, they use some of the original assets from Super Mario World. Yeah. And they changed some stuff. Like, they do look very different. Like, they're... There are different um, visual styles for sure. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, I'm pretty sure the sprites for like the jumping sections, which are very, very short and simple, are original sprites from Mario World. And then mm -hmm. everything else is just like weird palette swaps. Like there's a lot of, oh, the architecture in this city looks like this thing. And then there's like a very heavily compressed JPEG of uh, the way various actual artifacts look. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a little weird, especially with the continuum of where does Mario, or rather, where do Mario and Luigi fall on the human to not human spectrum? Mm -hmm. uh, it raises a lot of questions. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting game. I haven't played it since I was quite young. Jordo <laughs> says they're <laughs> funny humans, which I read in the same voice as funny animals. Uh, and I don't know uh, if that's what he intended, but like, they are. They're the funny humans. They're the human. Yes. Okay, exactly. Hum they're the equivalent okay. of funny animal cartoons like a Bugs Bunny or yes. a Babs Bunny or any number of animated bunnies. 
with people. <laughs> uh, yeah. I So they're tunes. No relation. Tunes. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Uh, so they're tunes. Um, so like. From Strange World, from, right? Uh, cool World. <laughs> are they called tunes? I did tunes the mom or? thing again. But yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, what are the humans called? I think they're called Noids, which. Um, oh, my God. I don't know Let's if the see. use of Noids there predates. Um, <laughs> uh, Noids redirects here for information about notifications of infectious diseases. Noids oh, in the UK. See UK <laughs> statutory notification system. Wow. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So uh, normal humans are called Noids. They're not called tunes. They're called doodles. Um, doodles. Tunes yeah. is like in um, Roger Rabbit. They're tunes. Right, right, right. And and yeah. Cool World was like dirty Roger Rabbit, right? Yes, yeah. That was I've like, what never if... seen it. No, no, no one has. <laughs> Wait, no one has? Um, also, the Noid predates the use of Noids in this movie, which is clearly just like humanoid. But like, um, no, no one I know, no one that I know has seen Cool World. And uh, I'm not convinced seeing... that anyone ever actually has seen it. Yeah, um, you might I've right. watched a playthrough of the Super Nintendo game based on it. Oh, my God. Incredible. But um, no, no, I've never played that. Um, I learned today that there's a game where Mario, um, it does a war and throws bombs at people like in war, <laughs> in wartime. Wait, What? Yeah, what? it's called Mario's Bombs Away. It's one of those, uh, it's a game and watch. And okay. most of those okay. are like Mario's in a factory or Mario's well, like working as a chef or something. Mario Bombs Away, uh, Mario's a soldier and he grabs a bomb from his friend and then carries it to his other soldier friends. And um, there's enemies trying to light the bomb with torches to blow Mario up. And also he has a friend who is a heavy smoker and oh, uh, no. tosses his burning cigarettes uh, that can accidentally ignite Mario's bomb. So, Oh my God. I mean, okay, look, there's been a, a lot of Mario news this week. There's a whole a lot, lot of, of Mario's news. coming out. There's a lot of Mario remasters coming out. And I feel like the people should know Mario's not all innocent. Like, he did this crime. Yeah, Mario, uh, this isn't your grandfather's Mario. This Mario <laughs> uh, does crimes. And the Mario wiki supposes that the war that they're in is Vietnam. So if that were the case, oh he almost certainly did a ton of crimes. He's wearing, like, all, like, he looks like the helmet style and all of this is very... Yeah, that says very Vietnam to me. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. <sighs> it's a... Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot going on here. Um, Merritt, what's your favorite Mario game? My favorite Mario game? God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Talking about throwing a bomb. Uh, yeah, Mar I'll just, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I'll just expand this thing at the bottom of the Mario wiki page for Mario's Bombs Away that's called Mario Games. And I'm still scrolling and I'm still scrolling and I'm still scrolling. Oh, wow. Uh, 
Well, I'm a big fan of Super Mario Bros. Print World, which okay. I found a floppy disk for when I was in middle school and uh, no longer had a computer that could uh, accept a floppy disk because I do believe it was like an actual floppy disk, like a, a five and a half inch floppy disk or five and a quarter inch with the hole in the middle. Um, but I did definitely find it and looked at it and it let you print out pictures of Mario and Luigi and Toad and all your great friends. And um, that was a good one. Um, Super Mario Bros and Friends when I grow up. Uh, also a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Mario teaches typing. Mario's early years fun with numbers. Oh. Uh, Were Nintendo those really Land. his early years? Uh, like, no. is he Baby Mario here? No, he is not Baby Mario. I don't think Baby Mario existed when those came out because those were like early. Okay. Those are around the same time as Mario's Time Machine, I think. Okay. So. okay. Um, and, you know, of course, who could forget Dr. Mario World. Um, and... Yeah, Super Mario, Mario USA. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sorry those for a lot of answering good your question with a not very funny joke, but what's your favorite Mario game? <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine. These are valid answers. Mario is weird. He's a weird enigma, and he's been in a lot of good games. I, I actually don't know. I mean, the, the easy answer is probably Mario 64, but like... That's a good one. You know... What if, what if, and this is a real question, what if Super Mario Sunshine is really the best of the Marios? That's also a very good one, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember, you know, GameCube, no Mario game at launch, which was kind of a new thing. Yeah. And uh, at the time. And yeah, and Luigi's Mansion didn't do Luigi's didn't Mansion quite. didn't do great, yeah. and it definitely wasn't the same kind of game. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, they're like, okay, a year or two later, it's Mario now, um, and he's got a water gun that's also a talking robot that lives on his back, uh, and we all loved it. Everyone was like, this is exactly what we wanted. Uh, we, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto has done it again. He's evolved the yeah. concept. And those levels where you didn't have flood weren't frustrating at all. They weren't truly horrible and <laughs> disgusting, and I loathe them with all my being. <laughs> the uh, noted um, inspiration for Super Mario Galaxy later on that would later be a pretty cool game that I wish mm. didn't have motion controls, but apparently... Listen. So there's going to be a remaster that you still have to shake the one of the yeah, sticks. So, but you never... Okay, wait. Yeah. All you had yeah. to shake the sticks for in Mario Galaxy, all you had to shake them for, was, <laughs> wasn't it mostly to do the spin move? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then you could also use the pointer to like collect stars. And then if there's a second player, they could use that to shoot stars and stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so I have a Switch light. So and you're going to have to get um, special controllers to play just these to, games. Just to play it? Or is it to use the co-star mode? Because I feel like I saw people saying both. Oh, good question. Actually, that might not be completely confirmed yet. I thought people were saying, oh, you'll need it 
no matter what, but it's possible that there's an interpretation either way here. And I don't know if it's been confirmed one way or the other. Okay. Okay. I just don't well, want to because it hurts my shitty wrist to shake things in such a manner. Um, yeah. No. Um, it's bad. Uh, definitely not something that should have been implemented. <laughs> the, height, <laughs> yeah. the height of much maligned waggle controls yeah. uh, on the Wii. And God, yeah, I can just... I can feel them. Like if I just like put my hands out, I can feel the Wiimote and the nunchuck and just like having to just shake it a little bit to like just (laughs) every time it's like that could have been a button. Yeah. Why? I really would have preferred if it were a button. And also like later on um, playing the, God, what was it? Not Skyward Sword. The one that was the Wii launch game. Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess. Playing the Twilight Princess, actually, they redid it on the Switch. Not the Switch, sorry, the Wii U. Playing Mm -hmm. that and playing it with normal buttons just showed how fucking borked some areas of that game were for motion control. That wasn't even Mm. very good. Uh, I know, I know. It's like litigating like really old bad things. It's just like, hey, Nintendo, the cool thing would be if we could play your games in a way that just didn't hurt so much. It wasn't painful for me, but... And I am but one woman with one wrist. I also, uh, I just popped this into our chat here. Apparently, there was an episode of the Super Mario Super Show where Mario and Luigi were babies called Toddler Terrors of Time Travel. And that that was 1990. So, like, maybe this bad show gave people ideas for the new characters of baby Mario and Luigi. Hmm. That's possible. Although they aren't. Like, let's be clear. They still have the same faces here. They still have mustaches. And uh, they're just in baby bodies. So it's not like. It's uh, yeah, it's their adult heads on baby bodies. Yeah. Which is worse. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, baby Mario and baby Luigi are cute and cool. And we love them. them. And I love using baby Luigi in Mario Kart Wii and just driving that little duck uh bike <laughs> because inside drifting was totally broken in that game <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah these are pretenders to the throne pretenders to the throne i agree to the toddler throne of the toddler terrors of time travel also toads looked really weird in uh that show the toads design is it's it's just like off a little bit like i don't know the purple of the feet isn't quite right. The red on the on the head isn't quite right. It's a lot to take in, and I'm not sure I like it. Yeah, I uh, I had sheets when I was a kid. They were Super Mario Brothers sheets, and the colors were wrong. And it always <gasps> oh, do they me a invert little. them? The blue and red. I think I think so. Yeah, I think that. I feel like everyone do. just does that. Like from it's it's a weird thing that I think maybe was ingrained in most people by that Nintendo power that got it wrong. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you're like, what color are Mario's overalls? People will be like, red? Like, no, <laughs> no, they're just blue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they are just blue. And uh, Luigi's are also blue. And it's their shirts that are different colors. But I don't know why that's so hard. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I'll fuck that up all the time, too. Who fucking yeah. knows? Maybe because their hat 
And because their heads are so big that that's the thing you focus on is the hat. It's possible. Yeah. Maybe. They also have very large hands, but that's normal. They have those cartoon glove hands for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you had to guess how many fingers, uh, not counting a thumb, would you say Mario and his, his friends have? God, either two or three. Well, <laughs> is it like 10? <laughs> it's, uh, it's the normal amount. Oh, really? Yeah. They have the oh, normal amount nice. of, of fingers. They're, they don't have a uh, uh, Mickey Mouse or uh, Simpsons type of situation. They do have the full complement of uh, five fingers, including thumbs. Do you think that's so they could play video games? So they could play video games. <laughs> I mean, it would uh, seem useful. Do you need all five fingers to play video games? Almost certainly not. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. uh, yeah, that that is weird. Because if you asked me, I would have just been like, oh, all cartoon characters have three fingers, right? No, right, they, they got it How right. About Yoshi? What about Yoshi? Yoshi? How many fingers? Oh, that's a good question. How many fingers? I'm going to put this in. How many people are there in the world is what's coming up when I put how many. That's beautiful. Okay. Fingers. Uh, (laughs) Yoshi. (laughs) No, Yoshi does have. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yoshi does appear to have three fingers. Uh, It says four fingers when I ask Google. But well, I am. I'm looking at a picture. Yeah. And uh, in Mario Party 10, Yoshi has three fingers and a thumb. Yeah. So also, do you ever think about how fucked up it is that like all of the Yoshis that appear in different games could be different people? Yes. I guess that's true of Toad as well. Right. They're different Toads. Oh, my God. That's, but there's so I, many Yoshis spawning into the it's world. Like, uh, yeah, the, all the Yoshis and Toads are like the Wayunes of uh, mm, Mario, mm-hmm. where they're just all the same person, except not really. Yeah. And they're all played by Jeffrey Combs in the live action version. <laughs> exactly. He would be a great Toad. My God, he would, actually. Jeffrey Combs would be a great many things in the Mario universe, I feel like. Now, how many fingers does Wario have? Because I could see this going either way, honestly, because he is more animal than man. Um, Right? All right, I need to take a look at a picture of Wario. Please give me a Wario fandom. Okay. Okay, Wario, I'm counting four fingers and a thumb. So uh, the traditional funny human number. But wait, in this picture of... He has a thumb and, f- yeah, and four fingers here. Yes. This is wild. Yeah. My God. I bet there's a whole separate Mario Broth article about, like, the differing number of fingers that characters have across different media or something. I just love that there's a section of this that says the role in the subspace emissary. In the subspace emissary... He apparently joins the subspace army. However, he is never seen with Bowser or Ganondorf or even the ancient minister. Wow. So there's some, I think that's a, that's a Smash Brothers thing, right? That's a Smash Brothers brawl thing. Yeah. Do you remember when people put the cutscenes from brawl up on YouTube and then, uh, 
my guy was just like, no more cutscenes. People will just watch them online. <laughs> and that's why uh, four and uh, didn't have a uh, story mode. God, is that what? Uh, I vaguely remember this and I vaguely remember people. I also just vaguely remember people like losing their minds over like the lore of Smash Brothers, which is cool. Brawl um, did get really wild. People got excited. Brawl was like, yeah, it's like Rob is there and then there's like an angel mm-hmm. and um, Sonic shows up to save everybody. Right. And doesn't and, somebody uh, die and it's really dramatic? Is it Luigi? I don't even remember. Maybe. Well, this is all <laughs> Brawl and then Ultimate did the whole thing with like that weird god that shows up and uh just fucking annihilates everybody yeah in the opening cutscene like it's like oh you want to play this fun game with all your friends mario and luigi and toad and so on uh first you have to pay the fun tax of watching all of your favorite characters be killed (laughs) painfully uh and then you're kirby uh, because (laughs) um (laughs) Because uh, he is Sakurai's child, and he's the only one who survives uh, the horrible incident. And then you have to, like, bring everyone back to life. Oh, my God. It's too much. It's really too much. And also, I just have to say, uh, yoshi.fandom.com slash wiki slash Mario does note the only bit of trivia, the one and only piece of trivia for, for Wario is... He is a recent friend of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's it? Hell yeah. That's all we got. Uh, and then apparently Pac E. Derm is another. Uh, oh, yeah. He's that elephant that, that holds up the stop sign. Yeah. In Yoshi's story. Yeah. You know, I kind of loved that Fuck game. That Everybody kind of shout on it, but I loved it. I haven't played it since it was released. I remember very little. I think, did people not like it because it was too easy or because it was like. Just about collecting fruit. Yeah, I think people said it was way too easy. Um, they weren't wrong, but I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind an easy game. Not everything has to be demon souls, okay? Right. Not everything has to be a souls born like. No, I want a dark, violent Yoshi game that with a <laughs> punishing difficulty system. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Imagine? Pack Derm is like his skin is falling off and his, his eyeballs is, are huge. falling down. It like swings the stop sign at you with its trunk. <laughs> it um, has a big wind up to that and it just that kills you immediately and you die 200 times and you have to go mm-hmm. get back Yoshi's juice But you or learn a lot from it. You learn <laughs> a lot about the game from the game and it teaches you as you go. And I can't get into this right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. My. Uh, my. Uh unpopular views because I'll be canceled by the Soulsborn army. Ah, uh, you might be. It might happen. It could Elden happen Elden Ring day. is going to come after me. George R.R. R. Martin is going to show up <laughs> at my door. And so is, is uh, what's his name? Miyazaki. Oh yeah, um, Miyazaki will show up. Yeah. Uh, no, George R.R. R. Martin, didn't he work on Elden Ring? Isn't that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Jordo. 
Thank you so much. Our producer is always here for us when we when we need to look at things. And uh, you know the Elden is. Ring. Yeah, the Elden Yoshi Ring. Uh, yeah, good, good. Well, Marriott, did you work on anything this week that was especially exciting to you? Yeah, I sure was did. It, was it this pitch that we have for Yoshi's Dark Souls? Yoshi's I Souls. Mean, I am Yoshi very eats excited the soul. about Yoshi's Souls. <laughs> yeah, he kind of eats them and then he turns them into like eggs or just right. spits them back out at people. Um, this is this is something. We'll workshop this later, but I really yeah. think this is something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, well, we're recording this on Thursday. Um, yeah. Just full disclosure. So the week <laughs> isn't quite out yet. Um, but uh, we did publish a <laughs> review of Star Trek Lower Decks. I wanted uh, to ask you about that. Actually. Yeah. So it's by yeah. Dylan Roth, who's written a lot about Star Trek for us and whose insights are always really great. And basically, and like he is a big Star Trek fan and his take on the show basically is that it's a show that is really obvious that it's made by fans and that is to its detriment because it Uh is so in love with the source material and like the intricacies of the source material that it doesn't actually do anything daring. And, um, gotcha. Like he makes some points about how like, um, this is animation, but like it doesn't do anything wacky, just because it can, because it's animation, because it's all based on like TNG era uh, design stuff. Like it's faithfully recreated, which I guess is fine. But like in the original Star Trek animation, they were like, oh, we can make aliens that don't just look like guys in rubber suits. So we should do that. Or we can do whatever we want. So like, let's just go for it. And this really feels like, in many ways, it reminds me of what I heard about the Orville when that came out, where it's just like, Right. These Star Trek fans who just think that TNG is like the greatest thing in the world and that everything since then has been bad and that Star Trek shouldn't change or evolve and it should really just like stay as what it was to them when they were, you know, growing up. Yeah. Maybe that's harsh. Maybe that's like too strongly. Like, I think Dylan is sympathetic to, uh, to, to those kinds of people, but like at the same time, it's weird to make a show animated and then like not really take advantage of the medium. And I'm not saying the animation has to be fantastical, but it should, you know, at least be beautiful. Like it should be appealing to look at or fantastical or something, not just like crudely drawn people saying jokes at each other. (laughs) Um, Sure. And uh, apparently a lot of it is just very like, oh, it's like walking through a Star Trek museum. And being like, and there's a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, they're finally going to show us cetacean or cetacean ops, the part of the ship that's run by whales. And it's like, okay, well, that would be a cool idea if they just like introduce that. But the only reason they would do this is because they mention it in like one episode of TNG and that's the kind of shit that nerds really fucking love. Um, So it's like the show doesn't really have any new ideas and is sort of just... Like, oh, did you like Star Trek? Okay, because here's all the next generation references. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I uh, 
I probably won't watch it having uh, seen this, but I don't think it was probably going to be my thing to begin with. So, but yeah, it's a great uh, review. Also, there is a piece that he wrote a few weeks ago that was like a preview kind of thing where it was about the history of Star Trek animation and how it's kind of been hit and miss. And I would really recommend looking at that as well. Yeah, that's a, it's, they're both really good pieces. I've, I've read both of them and I haven't watched the show yet. I, I'm, I'm sad to hear that it's, so I don't want to sound flippant, but I, I have gotten really frustrated lately with the sort of fanficification, fanficification, I guess, of a lot of things. Uh, and it's not new and it's not anything. I am just about done with a full rewatch of Star Trek Voyager. I'm on like the last three episodes at this point that I've been watching through quarantine. And I'm going to go on to Enterprise and then I'm probably going to actually try to watch like the next the, I'm behind on discovery. So I'm going to probably watch more discovery and things like that. But it is really frustrating to me when <sighs> things feel less like a creative endeavor that a bunch of minds put together uh, and more like a thing that is meant to please you, the fan. I, I'm maybe not articulating that super well, but mm-hmm. it, it's so unsatisfying in a lot of ways. Like there are even ways in which Voyager was doing this at the very end of its run, like fucking Chakotay and seven and nine getting together, like stupid as shit. It just, it just feels like fan fiction. It feels like the writers themselves read some fan fiction and like of the most boring cishet kind, not the good kind. And then just like wrote episodes of this. Cause they were just about done. And they were just like, well, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll film it. Uh, and it just feels like entire shows are like that now. Entire series, entire projects are like that. And I'm not saying, oh, nothing could ever be kind of indulgent and funny and sweet in that way. Like, I, I like plenty of things that are goofy and indulgent. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm old and cranky. <laughs> it's the other problem. But it seems like it sucks a little bit. <sighs> Was there Were there other pieces or other things you worked on that were especially cool? Oh, I mean, there's always cool stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's all cool. Is. It's all good. It's all cool. Um, it's all cool. In cool world. What about you, though? Let's see. I, well, I actually wrote something this week, which doesn't happen every week. It's a brief no. piece. It's a very brief piece. It's just about how I, uh, I time traveled. I did a time travel in Animal Crossing. And I kind of felt a little dirty after doing it because mm-hmm. Mr. Rossetti wasn't there to yell at me. But I also felt like, oh, I've done there's, something. There's no God here. <laughs> there isn't. But it also, like, as an after effect, I've been playing it even more than normal. Mm. Like, something about doing living dangerously in a game that's the least dangerous game in the universe. So the worst so thing that can happen to you is getting a little bug bite. You've, yeah. you've basically, you've gotten a taste for crime. Yeah. And uh, soon these sort of petty violations of moral law won't be enough for you and you'll have to rob a bank or uh, take a senator hostage or something. Yeah. Well, I think Tortimer might be dead and he's the closest thing to a senator in the Animal Crossing world. Oh, damn. He died? I mean, he hasn't been in like the last seven games. Ooh, rough. Yeah, like I think he's dead, He was the first mayor. He was the mayor originally right yeah and then i think he was in and then he um, was deposed (laughs) he was deposed by isabel the cute puppy uh who tells you about like oh 
I talked to my parents on voice chat this morning, which was God. weird and interesting, especially I would in the beginning of quarantine. Cut off my own hands <laughs> to hang out with Isabel. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, you hang would cut off with. your own hands so you would never have to I see. Well, Wait, she's what? pretty cool. Yeah. No, I didn't know what way that I was. I would going. crawl over broken glass for Isabel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. she talks to you a lot in the new game, like uh, like every day, every I single know. day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I haven't played it, but I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jordan has some text here. Tortimer left in New Leaf to go on an island vacation, and then when New Horizons was unveiled, the island had a gravestone in the background. Oh, fuck. Tortimer died <gasps> on the island. Oh, my God. It's lost all over again. What if the island that you're on is Tortimer's remains? What if it's Tortimer's consciousness dying and he's telling himself a story like that game that took place entirely on in uh, Mozart's brain on his deathbed? Oh, my God. I think it was called Eternal Sonata. Eternal, Eternal Sonata of the... Link's Awakening. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. it was. I think I think you're right. I think you might be onto something here. Yeah, you, yeah, this is all Tornimer's dying dream. Oh my god. It's it's turtles all the way down, right? Fuck. Oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah, we cracked this thing wide open. This will wake him up. <laughs> Tornimer is up. president. Tornimer is uh, fine, everyone. Don't worry. He's sleeping. This is my Tortimer Truther podcast. <laughs> Good. Tortimer's just asleep. He's going to wake up. And uh, when he does, the world will be a set right again. Is it like that? Like it is in Star Trek where just things are fine? Or are the people in all those timelines that came from the time travel timeline, do they just immediately die? Because we cut away. We don't know what happens to them in the other timelines, right? Wait, sorry. Take that again. Because I, okay. um, right. Right. yeah, sorry. I miss, I got, I'm really confused. Okay. You know how uh, when time travel happens? When time travel ha- happens. It creates another timeline. So say Captain Jane okay. goes yes. back in time. Right. The world she came from still exists. Well, does it though? Oh, Depends on how you view time travel, right? Okay. If it creates a separate branch, then yeah, those people have to live in a doomed world and uh, or die or whatever the circumstances involve. Um, is it the one where they're about to explode or something? There's like seven of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, or there's only one timeline and that never happened then. So mm. I hate that though. It's so unsatisfying. Well, and everything exists for my You want people. So basically, in any show of the time travel, you want there to always be these horrifying worlds where hell is real. um, And they have to be content with the fact that their friend went back in time to save them, but they don't get to experience the joys of friendship anymore. Yeah, they fall. That's what you're saying you want. Well, it's more like I just want consequences to mean something because they do. Well, time travel, uh, many ways, is opposed to the idea of consequences, but I guess not entirely. I mean, um, like what was that movie? 
Not Looper. It was Looper. I mean, there is a movie called Looper. <laughs> I know, not Looper. Um, oh, okay. Primer? Uh, primer. I, knew, uh, I knew it was thank you, a, Jordan. a verb. Um, yeah, it was a verber. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a verber, a doer. Um, <laughs> primer. That movie does a weird time travel thing. Um, yeah, it does. And has consequences. And I should watch that movie again, maybe. But it's I haven't good. seen it since it came out. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. They both suck. They both are bad, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, not the movies, the con- the time travel concepts. Right, 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 right. Um, but maybe yeah. they're not doomed is the real thing, because nothing is ever as simple as a narrative that would go on TV, because there would be other things they could do in almost any situation, right? Oh, sure, but their friend would be gone forever, basically. Yeah. Is what you're saying. They would have to just muddle through. So Captain Janeway wouldn't exist in that world anymore because she went back in time and thus created a new timeline. Yes. Yes. I read a horror story, a sci-fi horror story, sort of, about this one time. That, um, God, I forget what it was. It's by a Canadian sci-fi author. And the timeline was basically, or the story was basically about how this guy finds out about the concept of there being like parallel universes or whatever. Yeah. And um, about this idea that like, oh, consciousness never actually fully disappears. It's like, it can't be, you can't ever really die. Uh, No one ever really dies. Um, Wow. And uh, what happens is he almost dies from a bunch of things, but every time he just basically moves into a dimension that is like less and less probable. Um, (laughs) So like eventually uh, he ends up in like on an earth and it's not like he's aware of like switching to another dimension. It's just like, basically that's what's happening because mm-hmm, like, it's mm-hmm. like there have to be some circumstances for like why he didn't die or how he survived. So he ends up on earth where there's a solar flare. That's basically just like cooking civilization. And then he ends up like, uh, with his mind resurrected by future aliens on like oh a planet God. of ash, like thousands of years in the future. And it's, and he's just thinking about like, Oh, well, I guess it's sort of a comfort that like, uh, my best friend or wife or whatever is also uh, alive out there somewhere in her own hell world where she can't <laughs> connect with anyone else ever for all eternity. Oh, wait, no, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, so the Fievel effect really doesn't work for that one, huh? Somewhere now, out there. what is the Fievel effect? Uh, you know that song uh, from Somewhere Fievel? out there. I somewhere see, out I see, there, yeah. you know, they're, we're all looking at the same big sky kind of thing. Well... Doesn't matter. Because her life sucks, too. Oof. Yeah. Sci-fi does a brain right. I guess that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to watch Primer again. That's that's where we're at. That's what I've got for this, this podcast. Uh, let's watch Primer again. Because that's a cool movie. Let's watch Primer again. Are there other uh, items of business that you'd like to discuss before we close the office for the weekend? Uh, I don't think so. You know, Mario, uh, we covered Mario. Yep. Covered. Uh, hands. 
Yoshi hands. hands. How yep. many fingers does Wario have? We answered yep. that. Yep. So I think we I think we covered everything. Yeah. Those are our quotas. You know, we got to hit the quotas. Then we can go do weekend stuff. Well, if we have another day, but normally we can go do weekend stuff after this. <laughs> oh, oh, I did want to ask briefly, I suppose, um, since we brought it up last time on uh, East Coast Office Hours, uh, how how was that uh, uh, really weird and interesting Sega racing game that was oh my once God. a Doom clone and then a platformer? <laughs> uh, we didn't actually get to play it because we couldn't get it. We couldn't get the uh, uh, online play. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Because it um, was... Uh, kind of confusing and i'm sure. sure we were just being really i uh, i don't know i'm sure we were just so tired that we couldn't figure it out Fair. and uh it's it seems it seems cool i watched jordo play it for a bit it seems really cool and i definitely want to try it uh the story that i was talking about is from a book called perseids and other stories by robert charles wilson Ooh, i'm gonna put that in the notes perseus uh perseids Sorry. Like the meteors. Yeah. And other souls? Uh, and other stories. <laughs> Sorry. I had just written uh, Yoshi's souls down. And yep. that. And that I believe that story that I was talking about is called Divided by Infinity. Ooh. That's a hell of a name. Jorda says Persephone's other goals. Got it. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Great. <laughs> great work, everybody. <laughs> We did it, and BTO to us all. There we go. We did it all. We did it. That was a callback to the first minute of this podcast. I hope you appreciated it, dear friends. And with that, I think we're about ready to close office hours for business for this week. Uh, please do rate and review our podcast because that helps us out so very much, and we appreciate it so, so much. We also appreciate it if you tell a friend or an enemy or a cat. Uh, whatever, really, just anybody who might listen to our podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate that because we are all about that organic growth. We're a small podcast network and uh, it helps us so much. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. You can see all of our good stuff and our good shows at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok at Fanbyte, and of course on fanbyte.com. And you can watch all of our good streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you, as always, to Jordan Mallory for producing the show and giving us all kinds of good insights uh, while we chat about things like Yoshi's Dark Souls and Yoshi's Hands. Uh, Merritt, where can people find you online? I am uh, uh, on Twitter at Merritt K. Awesome. And I'm on Twitter at Danielle R.I. And for now, i just like to say thank you. Uh, please play your Yoshi's Souls responsibly. Uh, please don't violate the Temporal Prime Directive. And office hours are now closed for business.